Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, a podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about all things gender, sex, dating related. My name's Neil. Uh, I am the comedian <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by Eliza. Eliza, how are you going? I'm doing really well. I've um, just been chilling all weekend, had a busy week, so just been watching Netflix all of Friday and Saturday and this morning. So wow. happy days. Yeah, needed Good it. Good effort. <laughs> Yep. What Got are you watching? Um, I watched, have you watched The Haunting of Hill House? No, but I've seen the previews of it. Yeah, so I'm watching the second season of that now. It's really good. Okay, And cool. I'm also watching um, a show called The Boys and it's like a adult superhero kind of, but it's all violent and corrupt. It's very good. Well, quite literally for you, Saturdays are for The Boys. Yes, that they are. <laughs> I Damn. guess. Um, and then this morning I spent like two hours looking up um, megafauna or extinct megafauna. So Was that just in Australia? I w- well, I went all around the world with it, but Australia has some wild ones. We, we had a lot of giant wombats and giant kangaroos. Yeah, apparently the our current red kangaroos are still considered megafauna, which was interesting. But the giant wombats were like 2,000 tonnes. So no, yeah, two thousand tons. Yeah, I mean, I read that on Wiki, so I didn't go. How much is it? A ton is a thousand kilos. Kilos, yeah. So so two thousand, like a smallish car. That's two million kilos. No, it's two. Maybe was it two tons? Because a bull is a a big bull is one ton. (laughs) Two tons, two thousand kilos. (laughs) Yeah, two thousand tons is a hell of a lot. (laughs) That's like a little bit. No, the the wombats weren't that big. Um, but Man, tell us in the comments if we if I'm getting those measurements. No, wrong, you're right. It was me. It was me. I'm in the wrong here, and I apologize. Oh well, that's the perfect segue into the topic of this podcast, which yeah. is uh, saying sorry, apologies. Yeah. When do you apologize? What does an apology mean? And first, I want to talk about apologizing in a relationship context, mm. uh, a romantic relationship. Then I want to talk about just apologizing in any other personal context. And lastly, I think it'll be interesting to talk about apologizing uh, if you're a public figure yes. or if you're a disgraced public figure, if you've mm-hmm. done something where a lot of people um, are able to observe and are uh, thinking about your actions, when do you apologize there? But to start off with, I think it's worthwhile to actually define the word sorry because I think for a lot of people, sorry means different things. I'm only mm. saying that because I was talking to someone recently and my definition of I am sorry is you've been hurt or some sort of suffering has taken place and I take moral responsibility for that suffering. Mm -hmm. So it's an admission of guilt, but she was saying sorry is more just an acknowledgement that the other person has been hurt or some sort of uh, suffering is taking place was not necessarily Mm. an admission of moral responsibility there. What do you think the word sorry actually means? I think it's both in depending on the context because if someone's parents or family or someone has died, you're like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I'm so sorry they passed. But that's not obviously, hopefully, wasn't your responsibility. Um, but for me, yeah, I assume that the definition, haven't looked it up, but I would think it was taking accountability or responsibility. Mm. Um, but in, the, in other contexts, maybe it's a way of empathizing with that person. And I think there should be 
They, we should have two different words because they are such different concepts. Yeah. It's so different to say, look, I understand that you are hurting or you may have um, felt some sort of negative effects from whatever event has occurred and I may have had a role or the role to play in causing that, but to then take responsibility for that is different. So mm-hmm. say if you're telling someone a very harsh truth, yeah, you okay. know it's going to hurt them. So but I, it needs to be said. I've just looked up the definition. Okay. And both of them are in the definition. Right, so okay. one of them is feeling sad or just distressed through sympathy with someone else's misfortune. So I'm sorry to hear what happened to your family um, or being filled with compassion for or having regret um, and taking responsibility. So unpleasant and regrettable and especially on account of incompetence or misbehavior. See, they, they, we need to have mm. a different word. For one of those, they are. Mm-hmm. Don't you think they're such different things? Yeah, yeah. Our language is not good enough. But then think about the word. Oh, the first thing that comes into my mind is like the F word, and how many okay. different contexts we use that in, like thirty. That's true. It's a lot clearer if you're saying "fuck." Yeah. When you hear it in its context that it's being said, it's a lot clearer what it means. Whereas uh, if Okay, if a family member has died, I think it's quite clear what... If I'm saying I'm so sorry to hear that, mm. I'm clearly not taking... Well, I hopefully I'm not taking moral responsibility for that death. Uh, but there are... In a relationship, mm. to me, it just seems a lot more unclear if someone has been hurt by, hurt by words mm. that the perpetrator feels were necessary, but the... Uh, receiver, I won't say victim, mm. feels they were exaggerated, they were too much, they were heartless. Mm. Then, let's say I'm the I'm the person saying those hurtful words. If I say sorry, it could be misconstru- misconstrued as an admission of guilt, even though I truly do believe those words were necessary. And then mm. it's a very subjective disagreement as to whether. Uh, that was a necessary thing that needed to be said. So mm. in that context, it's not clear. If I'm saying sorry, if I've said something hurtful to a partner and then they start crying or they're really upset and I didn't, I, it's not that I had the intention to solely hurt them, but I had the intention to tell them the truth and I, maybe I knew an unfortunate byproduct of that would be they would be hurt. But mm. the sole intention there is to... Uh, articulate an uncomfortable truth in order to improve whatever um, uh, relationship conditions needed to be improved. Yeah. And then if they're hurt and I say, oh, I'm so sorry, they could take it as, oh, they're admitting guilt. So they won't do that again. Whereas I'm saying sorry because I'm empathizing in the Mm. same way I would say, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm saying sorry in that sense. Mm. Now, usually people will add something like, I'm sorry that you're hurt by this, but, so there'll always be a but at the end. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that? No. Well, if you say it like, well, sorry, but if you say it like that, that's a bit. Yeah. No matter how you say it, any time you put but into an apology, it makes it completely invalid. No matter how you say okay. it, don't do it. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> but I do wonder if there's a difference between saying sorry and apologizing. 
Maybe that's Ooh, the, yeah. the definition kind of where we get down to the terms. Oh, okay. So maybe Maybe if, I'll just have a quick quick Google of the definition of apologizing and see. If I understand that the hurt is due to my negligence or I'm taking res- moral responsibility for the suffering that has been caused, maybe instead of saying I'm sorry, you, sh- you could say I apologize. Yep. So apology seems to be more of expressing regret for something that you've done wrong. So, so that's kind do, of more specific. We do have different words. Yeah. It's so wordy. I apologize for what I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think I think it's important then that people understand that difference. Yeah. Because what uh, can happen is if you're bending over backwards to constantly say sorry uh, to a- anyone who ever feels uncomfortable due to something you do, you can end up being a pushover and people will lose respect for you. Whereas if you never say sorry and you can never admit that you're in the wrong, which is highly unlikely, we're all human, we all make mistakes, Mm -hmm. then you come across as um, narcissistic and and heartless and a bully. And no emotional intelligence. When you refuse to think anything you've ever done is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's when it comes to one of those situations where it's, to me, it's kind of about picking your battles. So if... If you think, if you've said something that offends me and you don't think that you're in the wrong or if I've done something that has, let's say I've done something that um, I've said something and you're offended by it and you're, you're hurt by it, I probably will apologize for that. Even though I'm like, well, no, this made total sense for me to tell you that your brother is hot because he is and that's the truth. And you're like, yeah. now I'm going to feel uncomfortable every time you're around my brother. And then that's to me is something that I'm like, okay, I actually have to take responsibility for. Maybe that wouldn't have been something that offended me, but I can see you're hurt by that and you're hurt by the words I've said. So I'm going to apologize and be and just say, I see that you're feeling ABC. I'm sorry that I was the cause of that emotion. And going forward, I'm not going to comment on your brother again. (laughs) See, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because Mm. you haven't done it. You haven't done anything wrong. It's very subjective Mm. because they've been hurt by something that is the, it's the truth. If you think my brother is hot, you're just telling me the truth. So you're apologizing for telling the truth. Now you can make an argument that you're not taking into account the other person's feelings. And uh, if you're in a romantic relationship and you're constantly going on about the other person's sibling being attractive, then maybe you're being a bit self-centered, but even then, I mean, you know, my views on, you know, monogamy and things (laughs) like that, but I think that's the perfect context where you would say, I'm sorry, but you wouldn't apologize. Mm. Because you say, I'm sorry, I can empathize with the hurt that I've caused, but I don't apologize for telling you what is essentially the truth. <laughs> oh, no. That'd be yeah. a weird thing to say to someone. But I, I think I'm not be, sorry, your brother's hot, okay? <laughs> be precise with these things because I do think there's just such a... You can be, get, be, be a completely different person if you're always apologizing mm. versus you're emotionally intelligent and you can empathize and you can say sorry but mm. then again so many people i didn't even know the difference yeah, there. Two, so, two so many people ago. wouldn't even yeah. know that difference so mm-hmm. um you can be perceived so differently um across a multitude of uh contexts and people so look it, it seems really reductive but it, it is 
this is a complex issue. I yeah. really believe it because it means it's such an important thing to know when to apologize and and to know when to say sorry and to empathize and also to stand your ground and say, no, I think you're overreacting. I don't think I've done anything wrong here. Yeah, but I also think that just because something is the truth, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to say or that we aren't always you know, that it doesn't, it doesn't kind of give us freedom of not apologizing. Like if I came in here and I was like, oh, Neil, your blinds are so ugly. Clearly you haven't watered your plants in two weeks. Oh my God. Look at your carpet rolled up there. Like your cat's toy could use an upgrade. Like that's shit for the environment. That's netting. Sorry. I'm actually saying things that I can say, but you might then say like, Oh God, you're so hypercritical. Like that's a bit over the top kind of thing. And I'm like, well, there, this is the truth. Sorry. Like, oh, not sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can say things that we deem as truthful, but it's, is that going to be the hill I'm w- willing to die on? Okay. That's a fair yeah. point. No, that's a fair. There's, there's a limit there. I, I would say what you should apologize for in that context is you should apologize for being dictatorial basically and yeah. just coming in being a and dickhead. being um yeah unnecessarily mean but not apologize for telling the truth mm. do you do you can you un, do you understand that distinction there mm, yeah i mean i'm trying to think of something that like an actual example of a i guess for the first one romantic relationship where we might see something like that happening that's not so as extreme as I think your brother's sexy or or something like that. Well, what about some sort of nagging, which is something we were talking about in the previous podcast. Mm. So um, your bed's always, you never change the sheets, but then it's, it's really repetitive. Oh, you never change. Oh, your, yeah. your sheets are always so dirty. Yeah. And then am I expecting you to apologize for not having washed your sheets three times a week because I'm some clean freak or whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, you need to say sorry for that. Yeah. That's when it gets hard um, because nagging is a tricky one because we do sometimes fall into the tendency of being hypercritical, hyperanalytical of things that make us feel um discomfort and we might want to verbalize that frequently to be like let's address this let's address this um i want to admit fault to it and when something bothers us by the other person we often do want them to admit fault and i think a a good one um actually is with jealousy yeah because you know i could come at you in a relationship and be like if let's say i got really sensitive being like i saw you you know, when you talk to that girl at the coffee shop, like you were flirting and that hurts me. And you might be like, no, I was literally all I said was, can I have a cappuccino? Thank you. Those are my four yeah. words, you know. Um, and then we have this back and forth of what was perceived from my perspective and what was your experience as well. So who there is at fault? Am I this crazy, overly sensitive woman or uh Am I looking too far into things or maybe you were being flirtatious and you're like, well, I don't think it's a big deal. That's human nature. It's, so who apologizes? That's, <laughs> that's a good question. It sounds like a lot of these situations are, as you said, one perspective competing against an alternate perspective. Yeah. So from your perspective, I was flirting. Mm. And let's say hypothetically, from my perspective, I didn't think I was flirting. Mm. 
but it may have come across as flirting. There's no, yeah. this is, this is again, very subjective. What is considered flirting is being nice, considered flirting, mm-hmm. etc. But the, the main point of difference there is that we have different perspectives. So if I were to apologize in that situation, I would be going against my truth, essentially my yeah. perspective. And I would be giving in to your perspective, which I don't deem accurate. And Mm -hmm. I would recommend someone in that situation to, if they truly believe they weren't flirting, to not apologize, but you can say sorry and hopefully talk about it and come to some sort of mutual understanding and try to be on the same page about what flirting is. Yes, that's a good one because if you had said to me straight away, uh, okay, I'm, I'm really sorry if I flirted with her. Then straight away I'd be like, I knew it. I knew he was flirting with her. Right. Snake, like no, those kind okay. of things. So it is one of those things. I think the best thing to kind of minimize any sort of dramatic situation, whether or not there's the words I'm sorry or I take responsibility, the best thing you can do to start to diffuse is acknowledge their feelings. Like I see that you're feeling hurt or I see that something here has made you like really angry. Just saying those words out loud can instantly kind of take someone back from the defense and wanting to be like, admit fault, admit fault, like push that. Mm. So acknowledging the feeling or the emotion that the other person is is feeling is such a good way of kind of showing you're your empathetic and you're understanding, but you're not in the wrong either. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that's uh, an important distinction. It becomes such a habit to say sorry for a yeah. lot of people. Um, you know, for if you're at a restaurant and things like that and – the restaurants, if a, yeah. If you get the wrong order, I found myself talking to the waiter saying, oh, I'm sorry, but this isn't what I ordered. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be saying sorry in yeah, that situation. exactly. Because I'm causing some sort of inconvenience that I perceive is uh, to be a hindrance for this waiter, but they've done the wrong thing. Well, whether or not the waiter yeah. is responsible for it or the chef or whoever it is, mm-hmm. I've been wronged. Mm-hmm. I know, it's wrong is a strong word in that context, <laughs> but I have. Yeah, yeah. So I shouldn't be saying sorry there. Exactly. So Karens are correct. (laughs) Not always. They probably take things too far. But do you think there are certain people that say sorry too much and it's extremely emotionally unhealthy and it's probably Mm. born out of their lack of self-worth? And do you think there are certain people that their unwillingness to apologize and say sorry is actually, it's, uh, it's just an illustration of their total lack of emotional intelligence and and their narcissism, which could actually be a front for also mm. lacking self-worth. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely both are true, I think, but there's also a million other options and it comes down to our like psychology and our upbringing and the way we perceive the world. It's like I have a friend who is very, very sensitive and very kind and gentle, but he will refuse at every point he will never, ever admit that he is wrong, even if it's something about facts. Um, and he he does not like to say, okay, I was wrong about this. I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've actually researched it. I was wrong. He won't say it. And so what I've found from him and talking about, you know, his upbringing and things like that was that his um, 
his mum would never apologise ever and she would always put the fault on him. And so I think that maybe that's something that he's kind of carried into his adult life is now he doesn't want to have to be at fault for anything. He's trying to kind of take his power back and be like, no, I'm not going to admit fault to that because my mother never did. That's something I've learned from them, whether or not that he's consciously aware of that. Also, sometimes parents will force their children to apologize for everything. Mm. Um, and then... <laughs> ethnic th- parents. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I said, yeah, like I'm ethnic. No, <laughs> but probably, yes. Um, you could speak to that more than I could. But um, then sometimes these kids will grow, take into their life. I don't want to have to apologize for every little thing. Like this is how I find my power and empower myself. Mm. And then on the other hand, we have um, people who are hypersensitive to having other people be upset with them or feeling like if I don't apologize, that person's view is going to be tainted of me and that's something that I get severe anxiety over. Or um, often we see in more so women but in other people as well that we have kind of an innate um, response that is – it's just an instant response to try to appease the person, diffuse the situation and also come across as likable and non-problematic because we don't want to be labeled as a bitch or a nag and things like that. So we're just like, all right, sorry, like, let me do this. Um, or if you've been brought up in an abusive household, two things. If you have any kind of trauma in your childhood, we've, we often see that um, the kids I work with go one of two ways. One, they don't know how to apologize because they've never seen it. So they don't know how to say I'm sorry and they don't know how to say thank you. Or the other kind, the other half would, they say sorry for literally everything because they're so scared of upsetting someone. Mm. So they will like move a pen off the table and they will be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, 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 so sorry. Um, so yeah, I guess it really does wow. come come from our childhood. Okay, yeah. so there's myriad personality types yeah. that can cause a... Um, uh, a skewed perception of sorry and apologizing whether it's mm. uh, to one end of the spectrum whether apologizing too much or to the other end of the spectrum and i think well you would agree that the ideal situation is that we are able to admit fault and we're able to be self-critical mm. and analyze ourselves and our behaviors but we're also able to stand up for ourselves when someone may have a differing perspective or may be uh, projecting their insecurities onto yeah. us. And for and even if they're not directly saying, I want you to apologize, they're making us feel bad because they fe- felt bad due to our actions, mm. inadvertently asking us to apologize and essentially submit to mm-hmm. their perception of the world which may be inaccurate yeah like or just different to what you are that's so true they do some people just will continue to escalate or, or continue a, a conflict just until they get to that point of you need to apologize to me right now or it's not going to end we're just i'm just going to bring this up over and over and over again for the next four years <laughs> and <laughs> refer to the date and time that it happened oh my god <laughs> what a nightmare yeah, yeah well it comes down to being okay with conflict being comfortable in a situation of conflict exactly a lot of people are very conflict avoidant i have been Mm. and it's not a noble trait i think we should be comfortable especially if it's uh verbal conflict Mm. so would you say that 
throughout your like I guess history, would you have been more like the person that would over apologize yeah. or not like to apologize? Over apologize. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'm working on. Yeah. In all contexts, like relationships, friendships, life in general, or in certain ones? All. Yeah. Because I'd rather diffuse a situation of conflict rather than get into the often uncomfortable to and fro mm. of debate. Yeah, which sometimes is what we need to to be Absolutely. healthy. We need to like hash it out. No, you need to stand yeah. up for your one, your perspective, and two, if you have really been as self-critic as, as self-analytical as possible and truly believe you are not morally responsible. You could be responsible for the hurt someone has felt, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take moral responsibility. I come mm. back to uh, talking about harsh truths, for example. Mm. If you tell someone the truth that's harsh, but you are intending to hurt them in order for them to better themselves, mm. don't need to apologize for that. You can say sorry, but I also don't think people, like I said before, people probably don't fully understand the distinction there. So maybe, as you said, say, look, I can understand the feelings that you're experiencing. I can empathize. Mm. And I feel bad for you, but this needed to be said. Something like that. That does sound <laughs> no. quite harsh, but but how else do you do you not admit fault in a situation like that? It depends. Like, did this person ask for that opinion? That's, that's good, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because if someone came up to me or or especially like a romantic partner and they were just like like you would look ten times better if you were blonde it's facts and then I might get offended being like I don't know maybe in my heightened state of emotions I might be like have you are you not as attractive to me are you only attracted to blondes why do you want me to change my hair color and then I'm upset and then he might be like oh it's just telling the truth like that's my opinion you know something that I didn't ask for okay so now he's bred an insecurity in me or something um maybe not so as as minuscule as a hair color but you know let's just put that in place um so in that case I don't think that we can justify hurting people or offending people or things like that because it's the truth in our opinion because we're always going to say things that offend people like you know back in the day when I was studying like behavioral science and applied psychology my friends used to be like you know when we were like 21 and it was all exciting they'd always be like psychoanalyze me Eliza like do it and then I'd be like okay and I'd be like you had like issues with men because your dad left your mum and and then they're really upset and then um I was like well they asked me for it and I was talking the truth and now when people ask me can you like psychoanalyze me what do you think of this I'm like no (laughs) no I will not do that well you shouldn't if they felt uncomfortable after they've asked you to psychoanalyze them (laughs) and then you've done that yeah that's to me, that's definitely not a situation where you should apologize. Yeah, but... You can empathize, but mm, you're not at fault there. They've mm, quite literally asked you to do the yeah. thing you just did yeah. and they couldn't handle it. Yeah, yeah. So the blonde thing, well, that's very super, That's quite a superficial thing. Mm. So I wouldn't use that as a, the exact... I'm talking more about... Let me try to think of a different example. Let me if someone was saying that to you, oh, you'd look better if you were blonde, that is a very personal opinion that any reasonable person would understand has the potential to 
uh, cut pretty deep. Hmm. So if that opinion wasn't asked for... It's just a lack of insight. Yeah, and it's a lack of emotional intelligence Hmm. there. So I think that person is in the wrong. However, if, if someone asked that person, hey, do you think I'd look better blonde? And then... That person said, yeah. And oh, mm. oh, I knew you'd say that. That really hurts. Yeah. No, then they're not in the wrong. It's like that that tricky situation when it's like, do I look fat in this dress? Or like, do these jeans look okay? Yeah. Maybe there's never, ever a right answer. You say, no, babe, you look beautiful. And you're like, oh, you always just say things that aren't true. And then you say, oh, yeah, you could maybe try the other dress. Then it's like your heart's broken and shattered. <laughs> Can't get it right. Well, then I don't, <laughs> don't think ask that's for an the apology. opinion. That's, no, that's wor- no that's one not should worth apologize. An apology because if someone has asked for the opinion yeah. and then they're hurt by the opinion, yeah, that's on them. Yeah, I really think that's if if any they should apologize. If they've then made the other person feel bad, if 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 someone has said, "Hey, do you think uh, I'd look better in that dress?" and then the man, let's say it's a heterosexual relationship, the man says, "Yes." you just think I'd look better in that dress because it shows my boobs or whatever. It yeah. shows my legs. You're such an asshole. Yeah. Then she should have, I don't think yeah. she would end up apologizing, but yeah. she literally asked for the opinion. He yeah. gave the honest opinion. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a situation where there's a lot of subtext going on with certain questions that men can't always pick up on. But to me, I hear the literal question. I answer the question. Yeah. And if it hurts... I'm not. I'm not going in with the attention to hurt someone, mm. but if it and and I and it's not as though I don't care about other people's feelings. I would take the reasonable precautions in order to have the right balance of truthful, honest, but also sensitive enough to be uh, empathetic. But if that still has the effect of emotionally hurting hurting someone, I don't think I'm I'm in the wrong there. What about a situation where it's not about? It's not just opinion so it's behaviors someone's yeah. been doing a repetitive behavior that even they would probably admit is mm-hmm. a bad behavior i'm trying to think of an example um okay i had a girl that i was i was seeing her for a while and we'd always organize a night that we were going to meet up mm. and once or twice uh right at the start she said on the day or the day before she said oh but oh, by the way, I, I'm seeing this other person tomorrow. And I'd said, oh, I thought we were going to hang out. Oh, no, that's fine. Mm. You just made a mistake there. But mm. it kept happening. Mm. It was very regular. Yeah. And after a while, I said, look, you're not very punctual and you're disorganized. Yeah. And then I, she got a bit hurt by that. It wasn't anything dramatic. Yeah. So that's a situation yeah. where, yeah, she didn't ask for the opinion, mm. but I think that opinion needed to be said in order for her to improve. Or not just that sounds that sounds a bit <laughs> mean, but no, for the Bring for the sake of, for the sake of the relationship, yeah, yeah. Or then you say, well, if she, if, if that's just a continuous behavior that's not changing, then you actually need to ask, should I be with this person? Yeah, the behavior one is a really good good one to get into especially when it's like how do I express something that bothers me but they're not asking this kind of opinion of me and I have been at the receiving end of that when and I wasn't you know I didn't think either one of us were at fault for this but for example when I get um when someone does something that pisses me off or I'm upset especially in a relationship I really try to 
communicate as concisely as possible. And like, I don't like okay. to yell, cry or scream or anything like that. I'll be like, what you did on Tuesday night, like really hurt me because this, and then I'll be like, are you following? Like, do you understand what I mean? And then someone was saying to me once an old boyfriend was like, it's so patronizing the way you speak to me when you're upset and bothered. And you're like, you're like, oh, you did this. And this is how I feel. And I feel like, and then he'll be like, I feel like you're talking to me like I'm a child, but that's just how I process kind of things. And I was like, okay, neither one of us are in the wrong here. And I understand that's how you your feeling in response to how I communicate, but it's also the way I process, um, you know, discomfort and emotions. It's how I keep myself calm is the slower I speak and the more like concise I am, the more like calm I can remain. But then the other point I had, you know, sometimes we will see a male or, or, or just anyone in a relationship be like, um, I think, you know, Eliza, you might have the tendency to just, you're a bit of a bitch. Like, that's kind of what I think when you're trying to call up someone's behavior, people are instantly going to get defensive when you're talking about, when you're calling someone out or when anything that can make them feel invalid or insecure, they're going to get defensive. And it's usually most of us defensiveness comes from anger or develops an anger. Sometimes it's tears. Most of the time it's, I'm pissed off that you've called me out on this. Mm. So I think what's really, really important Anytime someone does something, even if it's like ongoing, don't ever say you're always pessimistic. You're always shitty or you're always moody or like you're always this. Don't ever say that. Just be like, you know, I've noticed a couple times here and there that you've been a little bit like cynical and this is how it makes me feel. This is my experience of it. So with that um, girl being late, even though she didn't react that badly to it, but let's say she did the way I'd word it rather than saying like, you're, you know, you're disorganized in this, which is true. She is. I'd be like, Hey, like, you know, it kind of bothers me when you're, you're, you're flaking on our plans and you know, you're not really putting in the effort and it feels like you're not as committed to this or more wanting to date me. It's just, you know, it's kind of making me feel this, this, and this, just expressing your own experience of it. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And and when I said I was paraphrasing, I didn't just blatantly <laughs> say to her, "You're disorganized." Just then, unfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I did say, "Look, it it comes across that you're not as uh, invested in this as yeah. I am, and it is hurtful." Yeah. Because I'm quite an organized person. I like to think. Yeah. And um, it's really frustrating when we've made plans in mm. advance and the day of sometimes mm. not even a, not even oh uh, that's an, a situation where i would then appreciate an apology if she said oh sorry i know we made plans but mm. this came up but it wasn't yeah. even that it was just hey i'm going out tonight with my friends oh. hang on a minute you <laughs> rude yeah, yeah yeah so it was just it was disrespectful mm. more than anything um yeah that's good and it's good that you it's really good that you can call it out as well and say, this has bothered me. I think that's really, really, it's a good skill to have that most people, well, maybe not most people, but a lot of people don't have that where they're just like, oh, he's doing this over and over and over again, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to sound like a crazy girlfriend. I'm like, no, call him out. Tell him it makes you upset. See how see how he responds to that or if he acknowledges that for you. Um, not necessarily that he has to apologize, but see if he understands it. So, mm. 
Yeah. Would you say in general, now this doesn't mean every man and every woman fits this category, but in general, men get a lot more defensive and angry when they've been told they're at fault and are less likely to apologize as opposed to women? No. If really? Anything, I I think it could even lean the other way more. It's so really interesting. I do think that women do, as I said at the start, have a tendency to be to have, um, you know, trying to be appeasing to everyone and be like, I'm so sorry, like, let me fix this for you. You know, that is more likely to happen in women than it is in men. Yeah. At the same time, though, a lot of, you know, women, we've regained our power. I don't want to bring this about feminism or anything like that. But sometimes I do feel that a lot of females in relationships can fail to admit wrongdoing or fault and like when I was younger I was a bit like that too I was like don't tell me how to be in a relationship I've had boyfriends for four years when I was 14 like those kind of things and now I would always just not at all think like that Um, but I do know that that's a common response and I do hear that from a lot of men that they're like I just have never ever heard my girlfriend say sorry not once. But on the flip side of that, I have actually had um, pretty frequently experiences with um, boyfriends or, or men I've dated. And this does tie in a little bit with anxiety. But when I've said something like, um, you know, it, it's upset me that you lied to me and I've caught you out on this lie. I know it was a tiny little lie and it's like kind of irrelevant, but I just don't like lies. I just wanted to let you know. And then I'm like, let's leave it at that. It's totally cool. Just going forward, just be cautious of this because I remember things you tell me, lies kind of trigger me even when it's stupid and little, just don't lie if you can. And then that that what's happened frequently is then that boyfriend or guy I was dating would start like crying and being like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I've hurt you. Like I'm such a failure. I'm such a shit boyfriend. Like I've done this. Like I hate myself. I feel so guilty. I feel so terrible. And then what ends up happening is they get escalated so much to the point where they're literally crying and then I'm looking after them and I'm holding them like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be sad. It's totally fine. And then do you feel like you have to apologize? I don't apologize. But then really the one time I try to express my own discomfort or experience in a relationship, it comes about me supporting them through that. So, and that, that's been a very frequent thing that I have experienced probably in most of my relationships, like this whole, like, I can't forgive myself for letting you down. Um, And I'm like, it's, uh, it's a two out of 10. Like I, I, sometimes I find that in, I don't want to say for men, but just in expressing emotions, I will literally tell a lot of boyfriends that I've had so that they can understand and not catastrophize it, be like, you know, on the scale of things, this problem for me is a one out of 10 or a two out of 10. You don't have to worry about it. I just wanted to leave it out. And then I'll say like at another time, like when we're not angry, I'll be like, you know, if it's an eight, nine or 10, then maybe you should worry a little bit. But if it's anything else, I just want to be able to express it. It sounds to me like those men in particular that are, that are crying and catastrophizing those situations Mm. place a lot of value on being the perfect boyfriend and always wanting to appease you and and please you and their sense of self-worth comes 
from pleasing you You've hit and the nail being that the perfect boyfriend, which is very mm-hmm. unhealthy. Yeah. And it will lead to situations yeah. like that where it's foolish to think you, any relationship or any boyfriend or girlfriend can be perfect. There's definitely things you can do to improve your behavior in that in that situation. And there are things you can do to work on yourself to ensure that you know when it's the appropriate time to apologize mm-hmm. and to understand I did the wrong thing, but with, without beating yourself up. Yeah, yeah. Because if anything, that can that's, first of all, I'd imagine that would be quite unattractive. I mean, it depends on the person. Like I'm a fixer, so oh, okay. I would, when I see like a man like cry or my heart melts, like, and they, I think that sometimes they might learn that, that about me and it becomes an accidental manipulation. Like they don't intentionally do it, but. Yeah, it can be that subconscious. Yeah, they're like, I know this is how I get. That can mm. almost border on emotional abuse, yeah, can't it? Because but, if mm. someone's bringing up any discomfort in a relationship and the other person overreacts to the degree that it makes someone yeah. constantly feel like yeah. they're the person person in the wrong that's isn't that emotional abuse it absolutely is it's just they have no idea that they're doing it and a good example of when this happened to me was um i can't remember what he he had done a boyfriend that had um upset me it was something so irrelevant that i told him this is a one out of ten it was like oh i had asked him do you want to play um like card games I don't know, like big two or something. And then he was like, oh, I don't know how to play it. So we're playing the game. He doesn't like it. And then makes a comment being like, I wish we didn't play it or the game was shit. And then I was like, oh, like I just wanted to give it a go and have some fun, but whatever. And then he's like, I've upset you. And I'm like, no, I just, you know, I was just looking forward to it. It's not a big deal. And then it kind of got that escalation of like, I'm so terrible. And I wish I hadn't, knowing I've hurt you upsets me so much. But then what he ended up saying was, um, he goes, you know, our relationship has been tracking so well and progressing so greatly. Like, you know, feeling that I've upset you feels like we've taken a step back. And so then I instantly, you know, reacted being like, no, 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 all's good, all's fine, that kind of thing. But kind of pulling that like little, it was an accidental and he absolutely didn't mean to have that intention of being manipulative. But by saying, when you express that you're upset, Eliza, because our relationship is usually so perfect, it means we're taking step backwards. So it's this kind of pattern that people will fall into without realizing, like he probably thought, okay, I'm, I'm taking responsibility, I'm apologizing, I'm expressing how sorry I am and how remorseful I am. So in his eyes, he was doing the right thing, mm. but he doesn't really understand beneath that. It was a little bit manipulative and um, putting me in a position where I then had to look after him, reassure him of our relationship and things like that. Well, that's the really tragic thing about emotional abuse. It's often done subconsciously. Yeah, yeah. So... Tell me if I'm correct here, uh, that sort of behavior, first of all, do you think a lot of girls who might have been in a more abusive relationship where the man was uh, emotionally unavailable then go the other way and fall for men like that who are constantly tripping over themselves to make sure the woman is never upset, never feel sad, always happy all the Mm. time? And do you think that's born out of mummy issues in the Mm. same way we talk about daddy issues with girls? maybe the mother was absent or there wasn't a mother figure in in his life. So he's so desperate for female validation Mm -hmm. that he's willing to go uh, beyond the ends of the earth to please 
a woman, even if it's in regards to the simplest thing. Mm. And also you've got the media talking about all these fairy tales and, and romantic comedies where the men who are like that, who perceive women as goddesses and angels and, oh, if I could just, I would do anything to yeah. make her happy all the time. That yeah. influence us. Yeah, because we celebrate men like lot, that. Yeah. But... It's actually quite unhealthy. Yeah, that's so true. Putting anyone on a pedestal is never going to work out in your favor by thinking there is not a single thing wrong with my boyfriend. He's a god. He's amazing. Or my girlfriend. Because when they do something that does upset you, then it comes tumbling down so fast. And you're like, wow, you're not who I thought you were. And it gets so exaggerated. But you're definitely right about our, you know, uh, upbringing and mummy issues or whatever things like that they definitely come into play with a with people of abuse it does go one of two ways we often find that they will um we will find partners that are almost the same every time even though you never see it and you're like how is this man abusive how have I been in five abusive relationships where all these men initially I meet them they're so charming and and handsome and kind and then what's happening subconsciously is we're repeating a pattern until we resolve it so I'm going to continue to seek out subconsciously men that may be you know manipulative or abusive whatever because I want to be able to resolve one case or one relationship with this so that I feel like it's it's done and it's moved on or also you know we have found that people in abusive relationships they get extra surges of dopamine and adrenaline and things like that and it actually becomes addictive it's very hard to go from a toxic relationship to a healthy relationship um and be satisfied in that for for a while it takes a time to get adjusted to that because you don't have these massive highs with the massive lows and things like that um like a really interesting fact i learned that was when we have been abused the first thing that we look at after being if you punched me in the face right and i'm on the ground the first thing i look at within the 10 to 30 seconds afterwards is what i'm going to be bonded with after and who's that going to be it's going to be you i'll be looking at you again so when you've punched me and i'm on the ground and i'm crying but then i look at you my body is releasing a, a nurture me, comfort me kind of thing. And I've instantly bonded with you in a way. So you get into the cycle of like extreme distress, highs, lows, and then recreating it over and over again. And then you get into a stable relationship and it's just like smooth sailing. And you're like, what is this shit? He doesn't love boring. me. He's not screaming from the rooftop saying, if I like marry me or I'll jump, like, you know, where's that kind of love? And they will interpret toxic love as true love Mm. like from the movies gosh it shows just how intelligent we are as human (laughs) beings because if after one two three dates we can subconsciously realize these people have those exact same characteristics that we've always been bonded to Mm -hmm. without those characteristics outwardly coming out yeah it says a lot about how perceptive Mm -hmm. we really are as human beings and Going on to your second point there about uh, the abuse victim is then immediately bonded with mm. the perpetrator because that's the person they see. It 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 makes a lot of sense because, well, not not only does it make a lot of sense, but it um it helps me understand why women keep going back yeah. to abusive men because it can be really confusing and frustrating when you mm-hmm. hear women talking about 
I was in this abusive relationship for five years. He did this. He did that. He did this. The kids and, were getting abused. And half the yeah. time I think you Why don't have any self-respect. It sounds yeah. harsh, but I think the fact that you let yourself endure that says a lot about you now. I'm, I'm mm. also so uh, I would condemn the actions of that man yeah. without a doubt. And if it was physical, definitely need to go to jail. But even there's a, there's a girl in my life who was in a relationship like that for years and there was physical abuse there mm. and she even went to the police but didn't leave him. Yeah. And I thought, so I was in two minds because I'm very empathetic to the emotional and physical pain that she would have gone through but I'm also so confused, mm. perplexed and frustrated that mm. someone would let themselves endure that yeah it's um it is very frustrating to see from an outside especially when you're you're the family of of that victim and i don't know if these stats are still the exact same because this was from a few years ago but there was a study done and it was in australia it takes a woman seven seven attempts of of leaving like physically getting her stuff getting the kids and leaving she will do that seven times before it's like finalized on average so imagine seeing your daughter friend partner whatever being abused over and over and over again and then leaving being like I'm done and you're like trying to help them move on and then they go back a month later it's so so common but it's just this it's a literal biological chemical thing that they can't understand or recognize that's why it's so important that we get therapy for victims of abuse and what we do see for victims of abuse is often you know when there is intervention police they are in therapy and the therapist will never say leave him right now therapists know not to do that um, as much as they want to get the woman out and that's always their end goal but they won't ever be like okay he smacked you and the kids last night you need to leave it's kind of a building the esteem and ed- psychoeducation around what's happening here and then creating a safety plan so okay if this happens here's where you go this is the room you need to stand in have these backpacks ready just in case but it's never about encouraging them to leave because most cases they won't and then they will shut that you know therapist out being like well she just she doesn't accept my relationship she doesn't understand it so i'm not going to see them again that's a common thing isn't it no you just don't understand him yeah yeah he was stressed (laughs) it was my fault yeah i didn't do this thing that's why he hit me i mean that sort of thing is it's sad when you hear things like that yeah um Okay, well, that they should definitely apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got off track there a bit, but um, just to wrap up that portion of romantic relationships, apologies in romantic relationships, do you think there's any sort of con- conclusive ethos or mm. way to um, succinctly define when the appropriate time is to apologize in a romantic relationship? Because we've talked mm. about how a lot of that conflict can come from differing perspectives where two people are just going to butt heads and no one's ever going to agree because if if according to a, the my girlfriend's perspective I'm doing the wrong thing but according to my perspective I'm not doing the wrong mm-hmm. thing no one no one probably should apologize in that situation yeah. they should they should have a dialogue and try yeah. to understand each other's perspective there so do you, do you have any concluding remarks and then I still want to get onto public figures apologizing yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to apologizing 
in romantic relationships? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the really important things is if it's something that, um, you know, you have expressed, your partner has expressed to you, being like, you look, I, th- I understand that you want to tell me what outfits look good on me, but I have self-esteem issues, say, and so I'd really prefer that you don't, um, you don't bring these up um, again, right? Once I've expressed that, it's therefore I've informed you and I would like you to respect that boundary of not having those conversations or saying things like that. So when I've expressed what upsets me in advance um, and you've done that thing, then then maybe I would say you would probably, I would expect you to apologize for that. And in relationships, I am actually very upfront with things that, things that bother me and like, you know, things that make me kind of, I don't want to say triggered, but like I, like I said before, I hate, I don't like lies and I'll tell people before. I don't think that, anyone does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell people before I, that situation, situation has even come up. I'll be like, look, just so you know, like, you know, if it, when I catch people in lies, like it's kind of, I get upset and it's hard for me to like let go of it. And, um, it kind of, impacts how much trust I have for that person and another thing that I would have that is probably not everyone has is like I hate um I hate smoking because my auntie died of lung cancer and so I can recognize that if I see a partner smoking a cigarette that I might get irrationally upset at him he's not doing anything wrong I'm you know responding to grief kind of thing um but if I said to him like I really can't see you smoke in front of me and he's like yeah don't worry I won't those kind of things I would never do that and then I see I take him on his word and then he breaks that commitment then I would be like you know I maybe would want an apology even though maybe he's not in the wrong it's kind of me like I can see this really upset you Eliza and I know how important it is for you like with your auntie and things like that and I'll, I'll make sure I'm sorry and I'll make sure going forward I'll do this like kind of if you don't want to apologize at least acknowledge the emotion and think of a way that you can resolve it that kind of works for both of you so if he doesn't want to quit smoking that's totally fine he'll be like I'm just when you're here or when I'm at your place I won't smoke or those kind of things yeah 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 that seems very fair and And sometimes it's so important just pick your battles like that's like my motto in every single relationship and and what hill you want to die on pick your battles but if you think this is going to be something that will continually annoy you yeah if it's going to impact your relationship it's going to fester yeah if you think it's something little but it's continually festering inside Mm -hmm. of you it's worth bringing it up absolutely um i think a good mark of it maturity and emotional intelligence at least i can gather this from the people around me and even in my life is that when you do feel emotions of discomfort and and have negative reactions to things your immediate response isn't to just get defensive and attack Mm. someone it's first you analyze and say all right this is how i'm feeling why am i feeling like that what caused it could it be me you always have Mm. to ask could i be in the wrong always ask could i be wrong never assume i'm in the wrong and never assume, no, nah, the other person's in the wrong. You always yeah. got to say, could I be in the wrong? Absolutely. I think that's such a good thing to learn. It's hard, It's easier said yes. than oh, done. And it does take practice. But once you become reflective and more self-aware, it does become second nature. So stick through it a little bit uh, because the first few times you're like, I'm not in the wrong. I didn't do anything. But yeah. there have been times where, you know, some people like to verbalize things to, to get it off their chest, even when they know 
it's like you know the flirting thing mm. let's say and i've seen you flirt at a coffee shop and then the girlfriend or me or whatever gets upset um and i'm like thinking about it all day being like oh, i'm so crazy i'm that girlfriend but i want to say it because it's bothering me i think you know if situations like that happen what i would say literally is be like okay like i know this is so irrational and i know you haven't done anything wrong but i've got it in my head that i saw you like you know being really interested and chatty to this girl and it's making me upset and i just would love like you know a little bit of reassurance from you those kind of things that if you yeah fear that you you know you're being irrational it's okay to express that and be like this is why I'm feeling irrational. Like, can I just get a cuddle or a kiss? Not like being like, I need you to apologize to me for ordering a coffee. No, but, okay. but give me some extra loving. I need that right now. Okay. What if mm -hmm. that becomes really persistent and it, we do need to move on to this as well. It just brought up something yeah. that I want to talk about where, first of all, I've heard sometimes women will initiate a fight because they actually just want reassurance. Yes, very now, common. That is fine, but if it's, like I say, if it's persistent and it's so repetitive and it's mm. over very minute details of behavior, mm. at what point do you say, no, this is your insecurity? This has yeah. actually got nothing to do with my yeah. behavior. I think it would be something that you would, if I didn't have the self-awareness to realize that and admit that and be like, I need to work on this. I'm really sorry. Bear with me. I'm going to see a therapist or I'm going to do this, whatever. I would say that that the other person should be like, okay, uh, Susie, I've noticed that, you know, you're getting really upset by this constantly. And it's one of those things I really don't feel that I'm doing anything wrong in. And I understand that those are feelings that you're having and you can't help them. But I really think that we need to, you know, work a way out to resolve this, to stop it from happening because there's too much conflict in our relationship when actual mistakes aren't being made. Okay. Yeah. All right, I like that. Now, yeah. apologizing for public figures. Uh, this is touching mm. on cancel culture and oh, woke people. <laughs> Something I've had a very strong words for previous yes. podcast. Uh, it's happening a lot. A lot of people are, well, some people will say have a greater awareness to different communities and cultures and understand if they perceive that they've pushed the boundary too far or if they've offended and upset certain communities, I take a relatively conservative view on these sorts of culture war issues. And I think too many celebrities are just apologize, bending over backwards to apologize to communities who in, in a similar vein to the personal context where self-reflection is so important these communities, I think, need to have a collective consciousness of awareness that maybe their irrational belief in various deities and beings and angels mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, it's not always just religion, maybe they're the ones in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a very um, dogmatic and unscientific perception of the world that need not be respected. Now, of course, they're never going to have those ideas mm. because, you know, when you're in a cult, you're in a cult. Um, yeah. You don't think, hey, could my cult leader be wrong? You think, how great is um, drinking the blood of a virgin ox or whatever yes. they do in cults? <laughs> so do you think there's uh, much difference when it comes to apologizing, not even for a public figure, but 
even say in a much in a in a more populist context so there's, there's, mm. there's it's, it's a work group or you're apologizing to a company or to a country so mm. do you think there's for, for everything we've spoken about when it's necessary to apologize in a, a relationship can that then be adapted to apologies on a grander scale say i think that often the intention behind apologizing for public figures is different to the intention behind or maybe not so much like so we have seen it a lot especially on youtube lately like i think the big one <laughs> the youtube bloggers always oh do there's an apology so much videos. drama yeah. shane dawson that was a big one jeffrey star I don't know. Yeah, I all don't these crazy keep things. Keep up with that, but I've heard there's yeah. been some apologies there. Yeah, and you know, some of those things. Like, I think I'm not all over it. So, but my brief understanding is that they were saying things that were like racist or, um, not homophobic. They're both gay, but maybe homophobic. I don't know. Um, basically, just racist, making jokes about bestiality or pedophilia or blatantly kind of insinuating that they were interested in those things and for some people with a dark sense of humor um they would love that and they're like i love that this person's genuine and speaks their mind and they're kind of like fucked up like whatever that's cool but for a lot of the population they may be like find that personally offensive and inappropriate to say on a platform where 75 percent of their viewers are 12 year old children and they're demanding this apology kind of thing so it kind of gets to this point where maybe and i'm not saying take away the names I've said before about these like Shane Dawson or whatever, just in general, public figures that apologize may not necessarily be in the wrong or they may not believe they're in the wrong or maybe they haven't done anything illegal or so maybe they haven't even said anything racist or it wasn't intended to be racist, like summer's high, summer heights high, those kind of things. But at the same point, the audience is totally entitled to have these reactions. Yeah. And if they're all having a collective action, like reaction to this being like of offensiveness, it's in that public figure's best interest in order to keep their fans and their income and their job. It's in their best interest to apologize whether or not they really buy into it or mean it. See, I would make the comparison mm. there. That's like someone in a relationship apologizing even if they don't actually feel sorry just mm. to keep the relationship because yeah. it means so much to them. Mm. So I understand they may be financially de – well, in a relationship you could be financially yeah. dependent on someone. So you're, you're still going against what you value if you apologize. I think in those situations you can do what we talked about earlier, which is – Hey, I hear, you know, they always do that thing. Like, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I understand your hurt and I empathize with it. However, my job as a comedian or as an entertainer is to entertain and to take risks, take creative risks. Mm. And sometimes those risks don't pay off. Yeah. So if you're taking personal offense to a, a, a creative risk I took that didn't necessarily pay off, that's not on me to apologize and take moral responsibility for that hurt. However, uh, I, again, I empathize and I understand, well, I might not necessarily understand the pain, but mm. I do acknowledge that your supporters of mine and your fans and your listeners or whatever it may be, mm. um, but you have to understand this is, this is part and parcel of what I do. This is the nature of my creative industry. Now, it's different 
if someone says something factually incorrect. So yeah. if I say on this podcast some a statistic that is actually just wrong yeah. and someone messages me and said says, hey, mm-hmm. Neil, you, that fact you said about men in relationships is wrong and mm-hmm. they show me the sources, I'll apologize. Hands yeah. down, I'll apologize. Yeah, we've done so that. I've done the yeah. wrong thing there. Yeah. But if someone messages me saying, which they have, um, your opinion on that issue is wrong. Mm. Or again, I'm paraphrasing there. They've mm. virtually said that, but in three heated paragraphs. <laughs> or you didn't cover this topic well enough. Well, that, that's a yeah. perceptive difference. In the same way, in a in a um, intimate context where someone may perceive a certain behavior as flirting, whereas the other party doesn't perceive it mm. as flirting. I think it's the same situation here where I, at least to the best of my knowledge, think I've covered the topic Mm. well enough for my understanding of it and my opinion is well-rounded and well-thought-out enough to articulate, but your perception is that it's not. So it's a a perceptive difference there and I don't think people should be apologizing for that. In the same way, if a comedian makes it, it's not just comedians, it's all sorts of public mm. figures now that uh, have, if they say something that may offend a certain swath of the population, if they haven't said something factually incorrect, I think the real objective standard there needs to be the mm. facts and mm. science and statistics. Now, then you get into this argument of, well, some people don't think that should be the yeah. objective standard. Well, then yeah. go and live in another country because <laughs> that needs to be the objective standard. If, there needs, if there's mm. any semblance of unity in a multicultural society, there still needs to be some objective parameters that everyone abides by. And if someone said something objectively wrong, they should apologize. If someone has said something hurtful, you need to analyze the situation mm. and really understand who is at fault and whether or not the person who said that hurtful thing, yes, obviously they're responsible for causing that hurt. Are they morally responsible for the the suffering that has ensued? So again, there's a difference. Like mm. obviously they're responsible for it, but should they be held accountable for yeah. it is the difference. Um, so those are the gray areas where I think there needs to be a lot of analysis. And then mm. if um if it's someone if it's a if it's if you haven't done a good job, so if I've done a joke that isn't a good joke again it's very very subjective what is a good joke and what's not a good joke Mm. but if i look back on the joke and i think i didn't do a good joke or i didn't say i i came to a show drunk or something and i was i was unprofessional Mm. and i didn't give people their money's worth yeah i would probably apologize because i've taken actions that are not up to my standard Mm. nor would they probably be up to the standard of the people seeing my show or this podcast if we do a podcast one day and it's 20 minutes and people eventually we're going to hopefully do some subscriptions for this podcast as well and then suddenly we take four weeks off and Mm. the mic doesn't work i mean look i'm sure people are quite forgiving Mm. we can make some mistakes here and there but after a while you think no we're not fulfilling our obligations yeah as creatives as um a therapist or as Mm. a comedian or whatever it may be so I think that's when you should apologize if you're a public figure or in a, in a different context to a relationship is when 
you haven't lived up to your obligations and expectations or when you've said something objectively wrong. Mm. But if you've if you've hurt someone or offended someone, I think that's one way. It it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't apologize in that situation, but you have to you have to analyze those ones. Yeah, you can't apologize. Yeah, you can't get please everyone and get everything right, especially when you're a comedian. Like you can't. Not every single joke is going to land well with everyone, and I think that's when kind of you know context comes into. It is important, especially with comedy. Like you go into comedy and you're expecting that things are going to be said that are like outrageous or, or con- you know, a little bit controversial and things like that or inappropriate. And that's kind of a stock standard. So maybe if someone's like that joke was inappropriate, you might be like, well, that's the point kind of thing. Yeah. Or if, you know, someone's – if I'm an art critic and I'm having this being like, oh, you know, this black and white represents the artist's inability to see the world for what it is other than just white people and black people <laughs> or something like crazy, stupid like that. That's how I see the world. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, and then, you know, people are getting offended by that. Or maybe even if I was sitting here being like, let's have a podcast where Eliza psychoanalyzes Neelam and then I've just pulled out all these random things that I think about you. People are going to agree or disagree. At, at the end of the day, if it's something that affects uh, – offends the mass or the majority i think that regardless of the opinion maybe it should be something that you acknowledge or apologize for and there's two rules to an apologize to an apology one is never say i'm sorry but and i'm sorry however also counts and the other one is being like i'm sorry you're offended that i was racist so that or you're offended i'm sorry that you felt targeted those kind of things so like in your example apology before where you were like you know i i can recognize you're upset however you must understand this so yeah sorry you're upset but it's it's going to be something that just pisses people off but you can say the same message but deliver it in a different way like saying um i acknowledge that a lot of you have been offended um by the comments i made about a b and c i'd like to talk to you just for a minute about you know the the comedy that i do and and why i make jokes like this rather than saying but so just being like i just want you to hear you know just not my perspective but just a little bit of background on this um and then again say you know going forward i've learned a lot about this and how you've kind of either developed or what you'll do um going forward so you might be like you know I can't promise that I won't make inappropriate jokes again but I've learned a lot about you know what you know this issue of whatever yeah but even then you could be kowtowing to an ideology that I'm if I'm talking about Mm. me I could be kowtowing to an ideology that I don't respect now then Mm. you get into I think people should have the right to preach and practice Mm. whatever they want However, you can't force people to respect everything. Yeah, you can. You, you yeah. can. I respect the right. This is a very important distinction. I respect the right for people to have different beliefs and believe whatever they want to believe. If it's not hurting other people, and then the ultimate standard has to be the rule of law. So then, if within their belief, you have to murder someone every two weeks, then obviously <laughs> that's the the law. Then precedes that. But the, if the belief, even if it is an irrational belief and anti-scientific. I respect their right to have that belief, mm-hmm. but like you, you, you don't force people to respect a belief. So if I have made 
again, I'm not even just, I don't even mm. want to have this conversation just about comedians and jokes about religion, which is what it sounds you like. Know, I want to be like politicians yeah. who are caught cheating on their wives or something. Mm. Again, if they're still doing the job that they are required to do, I don't think they need to apologize for their personal life. To now, us, especially. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah no, to, to the, the public. public. That's, that's yeah. an important, um, yeah. th- that's important there. But that's a good so, one. Like Bill Clinton mm. got his blowjob or whatever. Now he probably should be apologizing to Hillary. I don't know what the, maybe they yeah. have an open relationship. I don't know. But that's a very good point. I understand there are certain mm. cultural norms, but they're, they're again, they're, subjective and perceptive differences where certain people perceive that behavior to be immoral and unethical mm. whereas other people may not necessarily i don't think anyone would consider that behavior or oh, some people would be like yeah bro go bill but yeah or it's his business yeah it has nothing to do with now, how he runs or whatever it, it now mm. if he had a meeting to attend mm. and he was late to the meeting because mm he was getting oral sex, then he should apologize because he's not fulfilling his obligation that he's required to do. Yeah. That's my... This is when it comes down to the <laughs> picking, anyway. picking the hills that you want to die on because even though maybe I agree that he might not be obligated to apologize to me personally for his own life or the public, but that being said, it's in his best interest to do so, to appease the majority is what's going to benefit him. Okay. And he knows that and that's, that's probably, Okay, that's yeah. true. You could, make, you could yeah. say as a politician, With business, you're, a, yeah. you're an elected representative for the majority, for the country, and you need to be a symbol of mm. uh, appropriate moral behaviour. Yeah. And whatever the subjective ideas of moral behavior are for the country, even though that would differ from person to person, if you can sort of have an aggregate of that and if he hasn't lived up to that, then, okay, I can see that you can make the, you can make the argument there that then he hasn't. But again, it comes down to the fact he still hasn't fulfilled his obligations. Mm. Um, so that's where I think public figures, they should apologize if they have have failed to live up to their uh, required duty. Yeah, or role. Or if they've yeah. said something ro- factually, statistically, objectively wrong. Mm. But every other situation, if they've done something criminal and things like that, I mean, if their duty, yeah. uh, it may not specify in their professional mm. role, but if they've done something criminally wrong, for example, then, well, they'd need to apologise to the judge. But... In any other situation where some sort of hurt is caused, I think you need to analyze those situations. I'm not saying they should, they always need not apologize. I'm not saying that, but I'm mm. saying it shouldn't be an expectation That's that so they true. should apologize. Yeah, you know, you have changed my mind a little bit on this um, because I'm thinking of like specific examples, like this one kid that I saw like he's, he's like 15 or 16 he's got this mass following on TikTok because he's into like conspiracy right mm. and one of these conspiracies he's an African-American um, kid and he says that 
when you know the world's coming to an end that's his conspiracy that he's always talking about and he'll it'll have millions of likes and then since he's got like a master million followers he started saying the sun's getting so hot that now the only people that are going to survive the world are black people you're all going to die unless you have melanin like me and so a lot of these other people have all of a sudden well white people have been super offended by this being like wow how dare you say me my family and this we're all going to die but and, you know, maybe whether or not that's factually or infactually correct, he's still stating something that he believes and he's within his right to create, like, you know, creatively express himself. Um, it's no different to saying a story or a narrative or things like that. So even like flat earthers yeah. or anti-vaxxers, you're going to be torn a lot of or 5G, <laughs> you know. Yes. But People are going to express that. That's Their true. opinions on that. Then you're getting into the realm of science, though. It's different <laughs> to a, a, a politician who mm. has a, a sexual escapade or a comedian who makes yeah. a joke. There's nothing scientific about a joke I make. It's all unless contextual. Unless there's a fact within that joke, yeah. but assuming there isn't. And then with a politician who uh, has an affair, there's no, you can't sort of, there's no objective measure of whether that's truthful or not. It's yeah. just whether or not people like that behavior. However, if he's going out there saying the sun's getting too hot, that people with, um, not enough melanin are going to die. I'm not a scientist, but I'm the <laughs> pretty best sure. Of my knowledge. Yeah. Not, that, that's wrong. That is objectively yeah. wrong. He doesn't have to, even then, he, he needn't apologize. But, well, it sounds like if he's in his conspiracy world, yeah. he thinks he he's right. He truly believes that. But I think so. that, is, yeah, it 100% comes down to context because if you make a joke about, you know, priests and children, right? Yeah. People will be like, well, that's comedy and that's controversial. It's funny, whatever. Well, it's funny to some, maybe not funny to others who will kick off at it. But if someone like, like what happened with Shane Dawson, whose majority of his followers are children and he was making jokes about raping children and things like that that's when it becomes inappropriate because he's he's sending that message to children and and these things were happening with kids and he was directing them to like expressing it to these kids so maybe it's just kind of or if a politician started making jokes about yeah you know those things but it's all about the context of it I reckon. yes mm. uh, and i in that situation i don't know enough yeah. about it but if that's what happened yeah. i would agree that he's in the wrong there because mm. again it's not about the hurt though it's about him not fulfilling his obligation to his audience yeah so yeah. um that would be a situation but i still think where uh, there's just a hurt that has occurred there needs to be an analysis so again mm. like you say yeah context is paramount and okay i need to look into the chain door i've never uh, i never found his documentaries that good i don't know why he has followers. <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah. overrated like yeah anyway yeah. Um, <laughs> if he wants to come on the podcast, it's welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see a lot more uh, of the public figures now constantly. Yeah, it's become Twitter a bit of things. a trend, isn't it? A, I guess if you're representing a brand, so if I'm an ambassador for Nike or something like that, mm. now Nike has vested interests in keeping a uh, appropriate corporate image mm. and by by agreeing to a mutual relationship with nike i would have it would have been in the contract i'm sure mm. but i'm sort of tacitly agreeing to be a representative for them and they therefore adhere to their uh values and their requirements as a company so mm. then if i do make a joke 
but I'm sponsored by Nike. Yeah. It would be my obligation to apologize because I actually haven't fulfilled my duty there, which yeah. is to represent the brand. Mm. So in that situation, I well, I hope I don't hope I'm never in a. I do brand deals and things, but they're always one off. I try mm. to. Make, I mean, look, look just <laughs> give me a blank check. I'll probably, do, but like, who knows? Um, that may be a situation where you know, if you're on a TV show, if you're uh, an employee of Netflix. Mm then you're not just representing yourself there. You're representing an entity. Now, mm-hmm. you can make a decision there because if, if you then you're breaching a contract. You can choose to do that. Yeah. Now, there, there's probably some financial implications there. But I don't know. You'd have to word the apology in a way that is saying, sorry for not fulfilling my obligations for this company, yes. but I'm not personally sorry yeah. for what I've said. That'd be a tough one, but that's often what's occurring because these celebrities have deals with uh, TV networks in America Mm. or sponsorships with Netflix or whatever it may be. That's why I think being independent is is the best way to do it and maybe doing one-off deals. Mm. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, But it's it's a bit more complex when you're... It's not just you as an individual and there's other entities tied into you yeah you you may not be fulfilling your duties then and you may in my opinion need to apologize yeah it's bloody hard because it happens at work as well people can look at my instagram or your instagram or whatever maybe yeah you're a bit public but just random people's instagrams and then be like well this doesn't fit in the views with sephora so delete that post and it's like well i'm not representing like i'm not the brand but almost you are it's hard when your employment can look at your social media and be like you need to remove this video of you pole dancing because you work with children or something yeah um look if, if you're getting paid by that company and if you have a deal with that company you do mm-hmm. You could almost say in the same way in a relationship, you do need to sort of have a mutual understanding that's if it. there are differences in values. Mm. And that's a situation where you probably need to abide by their social media requirements if you want to keep getting paid by them. Now, yeah. you could quit and then post whatever you want. That's but it. I also think companies now are doing themselves a disservice if they're if they're being way too careful because now there's this huge look a company i'm not saying they they all just want profit anyway mm-hmm. so maybe to it'd be really interesting if there was a company now that came out and said we are pro free speech and freedom of expression yeah. and, and went with um comedians that were a bit edgy or uh certain outspoken sports stars yeah. or uh you know journalists who were very outspoken yeah. i wonder how that company would do because there'd be a lot of people who want to boycott it yeah. but then i have a suspicion there may be a lot of people who want to buy into it because yeah. i think finally a company that's genuine not, authentic you know, giving yeah. into all the sort of, again reductive term but the woke yeah stuff yeah um so true <laughs> it's very true but um i think that was a very look we've discussed quite a lot about sorry and apologies so thank you for your uh knowledge in psychology especially there with the abusive relationships and these is very informative Mm. um do you have any any concluding remarks on this topic 
I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it just before, which you kind of just sort of said at the very beginning. Know at this in, in advance in any kind of relationship, co- um, work thing or um, just job, know what the agreements are, have that kind of set out and established straight off the bat. I think it's really, really important to know that your values and ideas are aligning with your partners or your jobs yeah. so that when things go downhill or when you do something wrong or they do something wrong, you're going to know, well, this wasn't what we wanted in a relationship. Therefore, it's more clear on who's in the wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Oh, no, wait, I'm so sorry. Jordan said on one of the podcasts, when you say please subscribe, it's far less likely that people subscribe. What do we say instead? You just say subscribe. Ah, oh, just subscribe. Well, there you go. State it. Subscribe and follow. It's a lot more it's adamant and it's forceful, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, well, that's probably... When you say please, then that's the whole podcast. When sounds you say desperate. Please, it does sound desperate, yeah. We don't need you. Yeah, no, but we don't But if care. you want to subscribe... Don't. I think you should. (laughs) Uh, And once again, if you are in Sydney, I'm doing a weekly Thursday night show. Go to neilandfriends.com for tickets. They're limited every week. It's very COVID safe. And it's been a great show. We've done five shows so far. Everyone's loving it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next week.